Hey there, friends of Holy Shenanigans Podcast. I'm thrilled to share that I'll be recording live from the Wild Goose Festival this July 11 through 14. Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith-inspired social justice. It's a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, and seekers from all walks of life to explore justice and art, spirituality, and community. The festival will take place at Van Hoy Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina, and I'd love for you to join me there. From engaging workshops to inspired panels and interactive experiences, Wild Goose has something for everyone. So mark your calendars and let's be part of this incredible community that is committed to making a positive impact in the world. For more information, visit www. WildGooseFestival.org. As one of my followers, use a discount code A-TLE24. That's A-TLE24. And you'll get $50 off the price of an adult weekend ticket. We will see you there at the Wild Goose Festival to connect, to build community, and to work for social justice. Holy Shenanigans. I'm your muse, Tara Lamont Eastman, a creative, a feminist, and a pastor. How is good news usually made known? It's shared. Good news is announced on our social media feeds, in pictures, and videos, and words. Sometimes it's shared in a phone call or a text with a friend, with celebratory gifts. I passed the exam. My partner said, yes, we are getting married. Sometimes good news shows up in our mailboxes as a real letter or card. I don't know exactly how you like to receive good news, but I love some good news through snail mail, especially when I don't expect it. More on this in a moment. Jesus stands up in front of all the religious leaders of his local synagogue and reads a good news message from the prophet Isaiah. He reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recover the sight of the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In Jesus' day, there wasn't snail mail. There was no Instagram feed to share good news. But there was the synagogue. And in that synagogue were scrolls of prophecies and good news to inspire hope for the people. This isn't unsimilar to my own practice of reading a favorite scripture or the words of a favorite author over and over again, especially when I need some hope and inspiration. And on the heels of MLK Day, we have seen a flood of Dr. King's words, ones that call people to justice. Dr. King's words also call the listener to take action. They are words to inspire humanity to live authentically as beloved community, instead of the sides of ourselves that spin in hatred and fear. Dr. King's words, sermons, speeches, and writings have been for me what the words of Isaiah were for Jesus. 
King's words challenge like Isaiah's challenged the listeners in the synagogue. You see, good news messages are not only about inspiration and feeling warm, fuzzy feelings. Good news messages call humanity to live out compassion in everyday real life, in person-to-person relationships. And so Jesus proclaims Isaiah's good news and not so subtly announces that he is the one to take up Isaiah's good news calling and live it out, to release the captives, to recover the sight of the blind, to let the oppressed go free and proclaim God's favor. All good news, isn't it? After Jesus reads that scroll, the people stop and stare. And Jesus says, Today this prophecy is fulfilled in the hearing of it. Jesus lifts in his intention and action the words of Isaiah's prophecy off of the scroll and says, This is the way I am going to live. This is what I am called to do. You were here to see, hear, and witness this good news lifted off the page and brought alive in daily life. Jesus does not ask the people assembled at that moment to join him in this cause. But when I hear this story, I feel an implied ask to join in this calling of sharing good news to the poor, the oppressed, to take action of compassion and lift good news off the page and into my own daily existence. Which brings me to a holy shenanigans story of good news lived out in the sharing of a can of olives. Once upon a time, I met an elderly gentleman that went by the name of Roland, who attended a church where I worked. Every Tuesday morning, a group of volunteers would come into the church and help with various tasks around the building. These tasks included spending time visiting with each other and drinking many cups of coffee. One Tuesday morning, following a significant loss in Roland's life, I paused to ask him what he was going to do with the rest of his day. He told me he needed to go to the grocery store. But there was something sad in the way that he said it that made me curious, and I asked him a strange question. What are you going to buy today, Roland? Roland was surprised that I wanted to know the items on his grocery list, but indulged my question. He listed off bread and milk, lunch meat, eggs, pickles, and olives. He liked the kosher dill pickles and black olives with his lunch. Delighted, I exclaimed, oh, I love some kosher dill pickles and black olives. And finally, Roland smiled and said, it's nice to know we have something in common. Roland went on with his day and I went about mine. But the next time I went to the store, I remembered our conversation about kosher pickles and olives, and I bought him a can in addition to mine. The next Sunday, I tossed a can of black olives in my purse before heading to church. When it came time to pass the peace and worship, I picked up the can of olives and made a beeline to Roland. And I said, God's peace be with you. And I extended my hand to him, a hand holding a can. Of black olives. Roland's eyes went wide. They brimmed with tears and he started to laugh his wonderful jolly laugh. I said, I wanted to make sure we both had black olives for lunch. Months later in a difficult season of my own life, I went upstairs to my office after a particularly hard day 
and found something unusual sitting by the door of my office, a small wrapped box. I pulled off the colorful paper to find tenderly tucked inside the box and wrapped in tissue paper, a jar of kosher dill pickles and a note that said, some pickles to go with the olives for lunch. Sincerely, Roland. I can't tell you how many times Roland and I shared olives and pickles with each other. I've lost count. But in addition to sharing pickles and olives, we shared good news with each other through caring conversations, helping each other with the task here and there. No matter what was used to communicate good news between us, it was done, it was made known, it was lived out, it was lifted off the page. It was in this friendship with Roland that I hear the words of Isaiah and Jesus, as well as the words of Dr. King's dream, differently. Good news must be lived. It must come off the page. Sometimes the work of compassion requires us to use something we're comfortable with, like pickles and cans of olives. But whatever we use, we need to start. We need to share good news. It needs to come off the page. My question this week is this. Do you need to hear some good news? I know I do. This week, I have a special treat of compassion for you. And no, it's not a jar of olives. It comes from a conversation with a new friend. Through some circumstances of holy shenanigans, our friendship came off the page and out of an instant message conversation that was about this podcast and also about the fact that we shared the same birthday. In that conversation, we decided that we would send each other some birthday snail mail. On my fridge is the handmade birthday card that Laura sent me. In return of that compassion, I asked Laura if she would be willing to answer three and a half questions about love for the podcast. Graciously, Laura said yes. And so by way of a conversation through Zoom, I share with you Laura's answers to three questions of love lifted off the page. Thank you, Laura, for being here with us for Holy Shenanigans this week. Thank you. So my first question for you today is what do you, Laura, love about being you? I love my uncompromising honesty. It can be incredibly aggravating sometimes because it leads me to behaviors and choices that are not necessarily what I want, Hmm. (laughs) but that I know lead me towards my ultimate goals, um, you know, of, of clarity and trust and belief in the good of others and of myself. And I love that I'm a little weird. I think it's taken me a long time to be okay with that. I've always been a little bit weird and always tried to fit in, always tried to fit in. And I think I'm finally okay with the fact that a lot of people might not get me and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't always need to like each other to love each other. Right. Oh, those are really good things. Thank you. Thank you so much. I think honesty and weirdness are wonderful qualities. they're not going anywhere. Right. Good. Yeah. We don't want them to go anywhere. No. So my second question for you is is this, who or what do you love? I love my children. I think that that is something that 
looks different for all of us moms out there and all of us parents, um, the ways in which we love our children and how we love our children and what we're able and willing to give to our children differs. But I think that underneath all of it, there is a belief that these humans that we have had a part in creating are important. I love my cat. (laughs) I'm a diehard cat person. I love the field of social work. It gets a bad rap. And yet I think it does beautiful and good things sometimes, just like any other field. I love my faith. I wrestle with it pretty significantly. And I love that I think that that's okay. One of my favorite books, East of Eden by Steinbeck, you know, they they end with that word Tim Shell, like in the Hebrew, thou mayest. And I, I think that that gives us permission to wrestle with God, like Jacob. Mm, yes. Find a way. And I love that my faith allows me that. That's beautiful. How about what you love to do? I know you mentioned social work. Yeah. As a social worker, I love hearing people's stories. I was actually an English major long before I was a social worker. And so I think that our stories are integral to our understanding of the world. I love that our stories expand and grow and that as new people come in, they widen our plots and our story trajectories. So I love sitting and listening to people's stories. That's, I think, the biggest privilege of my work. And so as I hear about you talk about your love for your children and your cat and the love of the work that you do and your love of your wrestling faith, What does all of that love, if you could think of one thing that might help somebody else connect, what would that love say to somebody listening today? Just be patient. Like love is patience. There's, isn't that funny? That's first Corinthians. Like the the love is patient comes first. I never even thought of that. I actually had another answer planned, but as you went through that, that was like, you know what? We don't have to know the whole story right now, but we get to love the moment of the story that we're in. Mm. And so to have patience in this moment, if it's not looking the way that we want it to, or our relationship with someone isn't the way we want it to be, or our life circumstances just kind of suck, like <laughs> have patience, hold fast, um, reach out and know that you're not alone, that there's a lot of us waiting patiently. Indeed. Well, thank you very much, Laura, for answering our three and a half questions about love and being a part of this holy shenanigans adventure that is always sacred, but never, ever stuffy. Stuffy is overrated. (laughs) (laughs) As I round the conversation about making good news known in this week's episode, I want to share with you some good news off the page and encourage you to bring it into real life and share a lesser known section of Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech. He wrote, We refuse to believe that the bank of justice is bankrupt. We refuse to believe that there are insufficient funds in the great vaults of opportunity of this nation. And so we've come to cash this check a check that will give us upon demand the riches of freedom and the security of justice. Yes, Dr. King, it is beyond time the check of justice is cashed. The gift of love, respect, and compassion call us to see one another fully. We need to listen. We need to set the oppressed free. We need love to lead us in befriending each other. We will find connection by way of compassion, 
but we need to do the work and figure out how to lift compassion and love off the page into everyday life. Maybe we can buy an extra can of olives to share with a friend or send a handmade card and ask questions that grow the tangible reach of love in the world. I call all of this holy shenanigans. Do you? I am your holy shenanigans muse, Tara Lamont Eastman. Thank you for joining us this week for holy shenanigans that surprise, encourage, redirect, and turn life upside down, all in the name of love. This is an unpredictable spiritual adventure that is always sacred, but never stuffy. If you would like to answer three and a half questions about love or have a holy shenanigans story to share, please reach out to us at holy shenanigans podcast at gmail.com.